and welcome to Proofy Nights, you guys. Are you ready? What? Oh. Yeah, we're ready. Hey, hello. 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 And welcome to Proofy Nights, the first ever podcast recorded in two states at the same time. Uh, I am your host, Andy Griskoviak. With me, as always, my trusty co-host, Adam Glab. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's so... Very good weather around Chicago right now, so I cannot complain. It's hot. It's feeling great. Right on. Our house beer expert, Dalen Toza. Uh, I am Dalen Toza. I am also the house beer expert. Both of those things are true. Absolutely. All right. And our resident nerd, Nicholas Margellos. Greetings and salutations, my fellow earthlings. He gets to say the same thing every time. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always struggling to say something cool. I try and talk about the weather, and half the time See, I don't know what I'm the just, weather was. I'm a wild card. I need to get like a thing down. Yeah, get a thing. All right. You guys, it's August, yeah. so obviously this episode we're going to be talking about summer movies. Uh, you know, lots come out. A lot of movies are surprised. Some have disappointed. So we're going to discuss those. But first off, uh, Dalen, tell me about what you guys are drinking in your neck of the woods. Oh, well, off. Color. We are drinking two different beers by Off Color Brewing. It's uh, a favorite of ours here in Chicago. Yep. We're drinking the Apex Predator as well as a newer one called Yuzu Fierce. Off Color is pretty well known for having like some really interesting flavors, uh, different styles of beer other than what you usually find. All I can say is they never disappoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Yuzu Fierce is, it's very summery, I would say. Almost like a cider, but still a beer. It's very good. Awesome. Very good. Real cool. The brewer used to be the head brewer at Goose Island is now the head brewer for Off Color. Yeah. So. They left Goose Island to start their own thing, and I'm just happy they did. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. So we're getting into the beer politics, sort of. Oh, little yeah. bit. It's a new, it's a new oh, thing that we're yeah. trying. Okay, let's talk about summer movies. Um, so, I th- this summer has been one for the record books, but uh, sort of for the wrong reasons. People aren't going to the movies as much. Um, there are the numbers are weird. Some movies surprise, like I was saying, and, and make a shit ton of money. Others meet our expectations. I mean, the first one of the first movies I'm going to address is one of the first that came out this summer, Captain America: Civil War, um, which Nick, I know you saw. Yeah, I did. With ease, that movie crossed one billion dollars. Like it was. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you think of it? I loved it. It was probably still my favorite movie of the summer. It's yeah. You know what it. <sighs> It didn't show everything, and this is going to be a big problem I'll talk about with a lot of the movies from this summer. It didn't show all of it in the trailer. So, like, even though there was a lot of trailers for Captain America, there was still a lot of times that I was in that movie where I was like, oh, holy shit, like, this is actually a really fun and exciting movie. So, um, yeah, that that definitely gets uh, gets a good grade from me. Um, we're going to hold yeah. off on some of the... I don't- Adam said uh, that they did show Spider-Man in the trailer, but they didn't show a lot of them. Um, but I think for me, what they didn't show in the trailer until after the movie came out, they didn't show Giant Man in the in the trailer. And Giant Man for me yeah. was a huge, really fun reveal. Um, that was amazing. Yeah. Which I guess now is a good time to say spoilers. Yeah, I actually did. <laughs> well, because they did, they put they put the trailer out there after after and I saw like, the film. They had done like TV spots with Giant Man. Nick is our so, resident like, hey, no spoilers guy, and here he is talking about the Giant Man. Like, what the? You guys have seen the trailer. You guys have seen. It. I've never seen the Giant you never, Man. You never, never saw Giant Paul Rudd. No. Oh. Yes. Well, as Ant Man. Oh. Yes. It's just Ant Man big. No, that's that's what his character is called. Yes. I don't like this. Yeah, when Ant Man goes, we went down. I thought he was a whole other. Big no, he's the same he's character. Big so you're saying Ant Man was in? Oh, I don't like you anymore. anymore. Correct. Okay. It's the same character. The interesting the thing character. about the 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 oversaturation of um, summer movies is that 
a week later, after Captain America Civil War came out, they were showing trailers on TV with Giant Man in it. Like, sort of like, hey, the new movies are coming out. Here, Here's everything. Like, come see it if you want to. Giant Man's in the movie. Um, yeah. yeah. You need to watch it the first weekend. Otherwise, hey, now you just know about it. Yeah. And another thing about yeah. that, I was yeah. listening to the gist this morning and Mike Birbiglia and Ira Glass were on it talking about um, what was the movie that they came Don't out? Think Twice? Don't Think Twice. And they said when you're putting out a blockbuster like that, if people don't come those first few weeks, other movie theaters aren't going to pick it up because it's obviously not making money. So if you're thinking like, oh, I'll go see Don't Think Twice at the end of the summer, actually, you might not even be able to see it at a theater near you because you're not supporting it in those opening weekends, which is like... These blockbuster movies have the budget to talk about it forever, so you know it's happening. And these other ones are, you know, they're it's it sucks. It sucks. Don't think twice. Was showing in my area, and we hightailed it to that same theater where we saw Tickled Nick, um, and we went oh. saw it. Yeah, great theater. Um, but yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. Um, let's talk about some other early summer movies. Um, one of the more confusing releases of the summer, I'd say, um, and the first actually. Uh, no, I take that back. I, there's others I haven't seen. But one of the first that I haven't seen in theaters, um, X-Men Apocalypse. Kind of landed with a loud thud. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you saw it. I did see it. Um, it was one of those films where I, I did enjoy it. Um, would I would I would watch it again if someone asked me to. I would not necessarily recommend it. Um, it, it definitely, there was a certain hype to the film based on the previous films that came before it, like Days of Future Past. in like a series? Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like the end trilogy to both first class, um, uh, Days of Future Past, and then there was like this one, sort of the end trilogy. And, um, so there was like new aspects to it. There was some new Cyclops and Jean Grey action and all of like the young X-Men stuff was really fun and really funny and really like straight up like 90s, 80s X-Men sort of stuff. And it was really, really fun to see on screen. But that was maybe only like 30% of the film. And so then the other 70% was That's just James a quick mental math for you guys. <laughs> the other like seventy percent was just James McAvoy and Jennifer Lawrence and all of them doing like very serious um, acting stuff, and it just wasn't <laughs> as enjoyable to watch. You know, and that's another one that they laid their cards on the table during trailers, like. Yeah. Yeah. In the first trailer, they show that James McAvoy is going to shave his head bald. He's going to become Charles Xavier, the one we know from the comics. And then from there, the trailer spoiled more and more up until the last trailer when they kept it tight-lipped as to whether or not Hugh Jackman was going to make an appearance in this movie. You don't know. He's not in the credits. He's not whatever. And then in that last trailer, yes, they're going to show his hand in it. You know Wolverine's in it. And it's just like, oh, holy shit. Okay. Uh, I guess we're just going to give that one to the audience. Like, why, why, why should I see it? You know what I mean? We're at, like, an all-time high for movie trailers just blowing just, up whatever they have. Like, they're, they're, the spoiling that occurs in movie trailers at this point has, I think, probably hit its peak. Uh, it's the truth. is like these big movies are just, like, laying They give it all away. Yeah, it's because miserable. they just think that it, they're like, whatever, let's just create as much hype as we humanly can. And actually, there have been some good responses from critics lately. Like, there have been some good articles kind of asking... About this? Yeah, it's like asking people just, like, stop watching movie trailers. If I'm yeah. even vaguely interested in the cast or the plot that I see in a preview, I change the channel quickly because yeah. it's like, I'll see that when I want to see it. I don't want to see it right now. Suicide you know? Squad was yeah. a great example of like the oversaturation of trailers. At the A week before the release of the movie, they had pretty much given away the entire plot with their TV spots. Even now, this week, we had like a new trailer for the new Star Wars film, Rogue One. Oh. And after seeing that one, I was like, okay, I'm not going to see any more trailers of this Correct. movie now because yes. they're clearly going to start showing more and more. And, and, I'm already, and we're already going to see it. Yeah. We're already going to see gonna it. See I know it. I'm going to so see don't it. Don't sell me with these ads. Yes. Yeah. I don't need anything else. You did great. 
I, all of the trailers for the first Star Wars was great because I, I did want to know, is this going to be fun? Is right. it going to be like the prequels or is it going to be something fun? But this one was the first movie was really fun. And so I'm just going to keep watching from here on out. You know, it's interesting because there were little things in this that like even like with every Star Wars movie, since it's so under wraps, especially now, the little things that come out, I'm like, oh, my God. So like in the most recent trailer, not even talking about the, the big reveal on the end of the trailer. The, you hear Alan Tudyk doing the robot's voice, the droid's voice, and I remember being like, oh, wow, that's what he sounds like. Holy shit. Oh, my God. And it's huge. And, like, BB-8, what he sounded like wasn't revealed till way down the line. Like, And it's like I hope they really keep that restrained as they did with Episode 7 and some of the the cooler twists and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. I'm- you really? Like, yeah. the, the studios, like, really don't trust viewers to come in and see these movies i mean if you have like a big name like star wars i i'm assuming that you can be a little more lenient in what you like want to show with marketing but some of these other movies man they just they just try so hard to get you to buy a ticket they'll do anything because he's mentioned the studios and i do have an observation that they're run by like like dumb people i think like idiot, like <laughs> people like, who don't know anything about movies, like, right? Just looking for that cash money. Hey, studios, we're coming for you. We're com- Hey, I'm fucking mad, bro. Here's some of the releases that confused me this summer. Uh, just, just to name a couple. Um, the BFG. What is that? Uh, no, I know what it is. Don't directed talk. by <laughs> Steven Spielberg. The big fucking giant. The corpse of Steven Spielberg, <laughs> reanimated by Sony Pictures. Here's the thing, because I've watched a lot of footage out here in L.A. I mean, the poster was plat. Nick, I think it was a big push when you were out here. Like, they had it advertised at the Grove and on buildings and stuff like that. Like, it, it was everywhere. And, like, the footage I saw was cool. And the people that saw it that I talked to were like, it's a delightful film. It's it delightful looked film. cool. Like, I could see it being, like, a fun time, but... Why would you see it? Yeah. What's the draw, man? I even read reviews that were like, it's a Christmas movie. Like, it's a little joyful, like, kid's book. A little nugget of happiness. Dude, it's like, I don't need that midsummer. I need some titties and cannonballs. <laughs> You want like an R-rated Pirates of the Caribbean. Are you kidding me? For a summer movie, I would want nothing less. That's pretty dead. But okay, I will add on a couple of movies though that I think fit that criteria weirdly. Um, There was one called Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates and that was Zac Efron and Adam Adam Devine, not Levine. Um, I saw that uh, in theaters and very much enjoyed it. You like it? Liked a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I good. wanted to see that, and instead I saw the lesser version, Dirty Grandpa. Oh, gosh. And was like, ah! Mark Kermode yeah, just um, just said that that was the worst movie of the year. Here's the thing about about um, Mike and Dave the Wedding Dates. It's fun, and it's funny, and it's stupid but silly, and it really just genuinely seems like everybody's having a good time. Like, I can't say the same for, like, Florence Foster Jenkins. Or, like, The Free State of Jones. You know what I mean? Like, these other summer movies that came out. And it's like, the fu- who the fuck is sitting down? And, like, one for Florence Foster Jenkins, you know? There were so many strange choices this summer and what was released in, like, the non-huge weekends. Like, obviously, we had Captain America. And we had Suicide Squad. We had a couple Ghostbusters. Like, enormous dates for movies. But everything else, like, yeah. there were there were no clear-cut, like, this is the movie that's going to make the third most money. Like, it, there were just a lot of weird movies this summer coming out. And there were weekends where there was, like, nothing to see at all. Yeah. I saw a yes. nerve. <laughs> nerve with Dave Franco, because I couldn't find anything else. Here's something interesting, too. Is, like, you're, yeah, there were weekends where it would be, like, Go see The Legend of Tarzan. And I'd be like, well, what else is out? Like, there's something else I could see. And since there's so many movies that come out, even if they're dumb or not, the good movies like The Nice Guys or um, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, which which I saw and I loved, 
were kicked out of theaters really quick, like way too quick. So you like don't have a choice to go see, you know, uh, an underrated movie like The Nice Guys because it's, you know, because fucking Angry Birds came out. Adam, what do you think of The Nice Guys? I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a fun period piece that didn't take itself too seriously, you know? Uh, they just got to play around yeah. in that time. And just the acting's awesome. You know, it's Ryan Gosling. It's um, uh, Russell Crowe. And they're just, they ham it up. They have a great time with it. And the girl from The Leftovers, whose name is escaping me, but she does a phenomenal job as well. I I loved everyone in it. It's really fun. You really don't know where it's going. And yeah, it's it's a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, it it was an essential summer blockbuster because it was good on the eyes and the plot, like, didn't bore me. You know what I'm saying? It was a good time. That's awesome. There's... What was that noise? I don't know. Nick's trying to do some Facebook live feed things again, and uh, he's... I'll allow it. I just like to know where yeah. noises come from. Hey, hey, we're live here. Always. Um, okay, cool. So we've got the... You know, it's actually interesting. I want to know what you guys think. There was um, an article I saw retweeted, or maybe it was on Reddit. Somebody posted uh, that was called Pop Star and the Nice Guys Are Why We Can't Have Nice Things. And it was basically like, in summer, we talk about how all the movies suck, and then when we're given something good, nobody goes to see it. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Um, you say your thing. What's that? This part's staying in the podcast. <laughs> this whole weird part. Okay, I was sure. going to say, um, um, Pop Star is a movie that I didn't stop thinking about. Like, along with another movie we're going to talk about, um, Ghostbusters, uh, I enjoyed my entire time in the theater, and then after leaving, Popstar actually has an amazing soundtrack, so I downloaded some of the songs, and, like, whatever. Like, it, it was, again, the embodiment of a summer movie, from soundtrack to the movie itself, to cameos, to just genuine quality. It was, it was a true summer movie, and... Um, yeah. You know, that the, the same can't be said for a lot of these movies. Yeah, I mean, from those tracks alone, I was really, oh, it's horrible. Because as I'm saying, like, I like the tracks for pop stars. I didn't go see it, you know? I didn't go to the theater and spend the money to go see it, actually. Yeah. Um, I was interested in it. I could tell that it was going to be well-produced, but... Yeah, I don't know what happened this summer. I really... There, you know what, Andy? There was so much streaming for free online this summer that it's like... I'm not even going out to see any of this. It's horrible. It was, it's what's, horrible. It was a weird summer because there were all these movies trying, and it feels like the best shit that was available to us was, like, TV or on Netflix. That's not, like, a... That's, an, a, that's a popular opinion this year. Yeah, like, it definitely is. I, I was at work today, and this girl was like, oh, my God, I just saw the best movie. And I said, oh, it's called... She said, it's called The Invitation. It's, like, a horror thriller. And I was like, cool, when is it out right now? Like, I'd never... I'd kind of heard of it. And she's like, oh, it's on Netflix. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm now definitely going to I was streaming it. it before a year. But I didn't have to leave. It didn't cost me $13. I do want to talk oh. about... Uh, summer sequels for a little bit. Um, so, hey Andy, how's LA? <laughs> how's LA? Did you say? Yeah. Um, it's good. Um, I'm, it's good. That sounded like I was lying. No, it's it's very fun. I've uh, been doing, and I'll cut this part out. I'm just catching up with you, my my good friends now. I uh, I'm okay. in my I just completed my fourth class at Groundlings. Um, mm. Oh shit! Yeah. I, uh, we might, we might go see a show tonight if it's not sold out. Like, we went to the movies last night and saw a bunch of ridiculous celebrities, and so that's always cool. It's amazing. Yeah, that can be real interesting. We see Joan Cusack every other time. (laughs) Yeah, I see Joan Cusack at my new job. That's amazing, yes, because she lives in Chicago. I love that. I saw, um, last night I saw Nicholas Braun, who plays the -the glow-in-the-dark kid in the movie Sky High. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Oh, fuck yeah. I watch it every day. How did you recognize him? By name. Tell me you already knew his name. I I snipe him. I, um... I uh, I saw Simon Helberg from uh, The Big Bang Theory. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, which one's he? He's like the short one with the bowl cut. Yeah. He was on, he was on the, he was on the talk. Oh, today. yeah, was. Oh, today. Um, and yeah, I, I saw uh, Melanie Linsky. She was in They Came Together. And, 
Who did she, she play? She played she Jason Mizuka's wife, and they came together. Huh. I cannot oh, remember okay. her at all. I can. And she was the wife on Togetherness. And then I saw Jason Ritter, John Ritter's son, and he's on Girls now. Wow. Yeah. So it was cool. I'm excited to oh, see I you guys. Oh, I love Jason Ritter. He was on Parenthood. Yes. Yes, he was. He was on Parenthood. And then have you guys seen Bridesmaids? Yeah. Yeah. You know when she's on the plane and she's like, the flight attendant is like, my name is Steve, and she's like, more like Stove. We saw Stove. Oh, good Whoa. for you. I don't remember what he looked like. Is he Kristen Ritter's brother? What? No. No. He's yeah. Oh, I thought you were making this a guy, joke. I don't no. know what he's doing. It's the same last name. I so. thought Dylan was making a joke, but that's not true. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about summer sequels. Um, first sequel I saw, like, I'm ta- and I'm not talking like um, Captain America... People consider it like a part three of like a, a big thing. It's not. It's like a part ten of a whole saga. I really. I don't know. So true sequel that I saw was Neighbors Two. Um, how many of us? Saw? I saw it. And uh, who else? I Dalen. saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it. Dalen, what do you think? You know what? I liked it. I thought it was funny. Like it's a movie that I'm going into, and I'm really hoping that I'm going to laugh consistently and just have fun. And they yeah. did a good job of that. Most of the criticism I heard from Neighbors 2 was, like, that it's trying too hard to be, like, this woke comedy or, like, this feminist, progressive story. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can see what you're talking about, but also it was funny. I, and I, I paid to laugh, and I laughed. I was just saying it, 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 it's a smart thing because they do it in Sausage Party as well where Seth Rogen, to make a progressive comedy, plays, like, a dumb character that doesn't know, say, let's say, feminism. and right. Or in um, in uh, Sausage Party, his character doesn't know the harm in hardcore extremist religion, which is true. That movie is so fucking good. Um, and so, but then it's kind of like, oh, we're going to explain proper feminism and, like, show what feminism is, like this by-the-numbers feminism thing, but I don't think that's bad. Like, I don't think that's heavy-handed or bad in any way. Sure. I mean, you got to educate at the movie theaters as well. Yeah, I mean, when you try to do something like that, it doesn't, it's not always going to work, you know? And it's true that you probably should have that, like, if you're trying to, you know, shine a light in a certain group or a minority, like, you should have that representation in your writer's room. But, you know, at least people are trying. That's all you can really give them. And if the movie's funny and it's decent and Zac Efron's great in it, then... Well, how many times did I get to see a shirtless Zac Efron? He was 90% shirtless. Oh, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, he's real shirtless. Zach Efron has has had a decent summer. Well, and that's the thing is that that was probably my favorite direct, like, sequel. Um, maybe Star Trek Beyond, but, um, it, it lost very much to the Angry Birds movie, which... That's so disappointing. None of us saw, but I'm really quickly just going to look at the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. What happened there? That I didn't even see any previews, really. I saw them, like, endorsing other brands in commercials, but I didn't see an actual preview of Angry Birds. You know what it is? I saw Neighbors on opening night. Um, God, I think it was at, like, the Regal in, like, Logan Square. I was still in Chicago. And it was, like, the theater was pretty vacant, but... Angry Birds was so many kids. So many little kids wearing their Angry Birds shirts and with their toys and, every, like, just going all out for this movie. And I guess that's who saw it, but, yeah. I mean, that would be like if they put out a Super Smash Brothers movies or something in the heyday, you know? Like, these yeah. kids love They're Angry Birds. They're playing it. They like it. It's a, I, I guess, I'm, I'm hypothesizing. I don't yeah. know what these kids like. No, Jesus. I, I, think they, I think they do play <laughs> that game, and it did... Makes sense to, I guess, make a movie of it. Make um, that cash More sense money. than it was to make a Charlie Brown movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here's the heartbreaking thing about the Angry Birds movie is that it has a 43 yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, so it really was kind of like a just crank it out and see what it is. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that is what it is. The other sequels we got, uh, Now You See Me too. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Ah, was that in theaters? Wait, that's like... already the second one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen those. The Conjuring 2. 
An Ice yeah. Age collision course. Ooh. Jesus. The reason I lumped these uh, five, four movies together is all of them underperformed. All of them did um, yeah. the important. And you know what? For the record, because none of us saw it, so none of us are going to talk about it, Independence Day Resurgence as well. Um, all all five of those sequels underperformed majorly. And what do we think it is that makes a studio go, this deserves a sequel? Is it just if the first one does well? Yeah, I honestly think they're trying really hard to get people to go to the movies. And they think that, like, familiarity is a, is a strong tool to do that. Like, if you're familiar sure. with the franchise, the movie that came before, then, like, they probably think that that's at least... 10, 20% of people seeing those trailers are like, fine, I'll go see that. Definitely, the first one. definitely with a horror genre, with the Conjuring 2 sort of thing, if people, if people like the first one, they're going to keep watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll do Conjuring 5 if it's going to put people in the seats. That confuses me, though, because the Conjuring lights out purge election year. Like, I never really thought horror had a place in summer. And then when you see these sequels underperforming, it doesn't surprise me because it's like, yeah, in summer, people aren't necessarily looking to be scared either. Like, they just want popcorn movies, I think. Yeah. Or titties and cannonballs. <laughs> some, some would say. Um, you guys, The Secret Life of Pets did really well this summer. Did anybody see that movie? You know I what? didn't. I, I never did. And I, like, don't think that I would hate it if I saw it. It seemed like a perfectly fine animated movie. Was Louis C.K. in this, right? Yeah. Like, Jenny Slate was in it. Louis C.K. Yeah, well, like, Jenny it was a Slate. good voice cast. It was yeah. a dumb premise, but, okay. like, dude, I would get fuzzy and watch that. Like, yeah, I... You know what it is that bugs me, and this is going to be a callback to a long-standing gripe I've had? It's made by the people that made Minions, and... It just, those movies to me are the biggest fucking cash grab. And, like, we saw Minions last summer. No one was trying to keep us in the seats. Like, it was like, bring your, and that's Angry Birds as well, and they didn't make that. But it's like, bring your fucking kids. We don't give a shit. Bring your nerdy-ass kids along, and they're going to see The Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. And, I mean, Kevin Hart was in it, too, and he's got a huge audience. Yeah. That's true. I wonder if his audience translates to voice acting. Like, I feel like you gotta see yeah. little Kevin. How Martin. did how did pets do? Good. Good. Yeah, they made their money back. Uh, they were on the top of the box office for like two weeks. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, they they were on top for a while, and they um, there was some surprising movie. I think Ghostbusters. It kept the Ghostbusters out of the the top spot. Wait. Ghostbusters. The first week or? Yeah. Really? Yeah. First week. Yeah. First week. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So, Secret Life of Pets was already out for two weeks when Ghostbusters premiered. Or out for one week when Ghostbusters premiered, and Secret Life of Pets stayed in the first place. Yeah. That's crazy. There, we should talk about Ghostbusters, like, in depth in the second half. Yeah, we can I'm definitely I'm hearing that. that, like, Ghostbusters hasn't even made back their budget yet. Like, Is that true? I do have... So, I've got a list of five movies for the second half. Yeah, but, but you could say your thing, Dan. No, it's just that I've been reading that... It's possible that Ghostbusters hasn't made their budget yet. Like they haven't made the earth, like they haven't made a profit on the movie yet. Like they've spent more than they made. And there's some people saying that that's not true. That you're not looking at like a couple other revenue streams. But from what I can understand, like its total gross income from release has been weak. Yeah, that's upsetting. Um, we'll talk about the, the entire, uh, the, that movie in the second half. Um, did anybody see Alice Through the Looking Glass? Dude, no. I think I'm over Johnny Depp. Did you guys see the video of him throwing a bottle of wine at his fiance? No. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm done with that, I think. Yeah, he needs to probably take it easy. He's, like, on tour How with Alice Johnny? Cooper. It's, like, 50. Yeah. He's in a rock band with Alice Come on, Cooper. Johnny, get it together. Alrighty, well I think I think that's a tight because I listen, I've narrowed it down to five movies that I want to talk about in the second half here. So I think um that'll be good for our first half. Um uh in our halftime, Nick Margellos is gonna do a personal one-off movie review of a movie he definitely saw this summer called Nine Lives. He saw it, no doubt. Nick saw it, he promises. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll see you guys at halftime. And then uh, in the second half, we're going to get into five of the most buzzed about movies of the summer. So, so we'll get into that. We'll, we'll see you guys at the half.
No, I know the plot. I, I already saw the movie. You did? Yeah. What was it about? I'm about to tell you. Oh, I haven't seen it. So Kevin Spacey of um, the House of Cards fame. <laughs> Of House of Cards fame, decides. I mean, he was sort of an unheard. I mean, he did a lot of like independent films, but like this was like his. This is like so he finally stops. He decides like stop doing TV shows, and he wants to go into the to the movie film. Um, and he wants to do movies, and so, and so. Kevin Spacey gets bit by a cat. And now, a little backstory on the cat. The cat actually um, was, like, in this, like, lab. And, like, scientists were, like, doing experimental drugs on the cat. And then this cat escaped from the, the laboratory and bit Kevin Spacey. And Spacey then got into the cat, and the cat became Kevin Spacey. What the? And so now this cat, and so Kevin Spacey in the movie is like a lawyer, and um, and so the cat is like at, is like pretending to be a lawyer, and it's like doing crazy cat things like meowing, and knocking over bottles off tables. <laughs> And, like, just, like, being lazy and, like, sitting around. And Kevin Spacey, who's in the cat, is trying to win back his Um, ex-wife. And because him and his ex-wife got into this huge fight because he was so busy being a lawyer. And so, like, into all that lawyering stuff. And so he's now like, no, wait, I want to be a father again. And so he's, like, as a cat, he's, like, talking to his wife. And there's this really beautiful sex scene that happens between himself and, and the cat, or the cat and his wife, and then and then Wait a he's like talking with his daughter. Was it a What's three that? way? Was it a three way or no, no no no? Come on, dude. That's, it was that's Kevin, fucked up. That's fucked Kevin up. Spacey and the cat with the wife. No, Kevin Spacey wasn't there. Just the cat and the wife. I'm saying the cat in Kevin Spacey's body? The, no, no. Kevin Spacey in, in the, the cat's cat body. Was having sex with the wife. Correct. Gotcha. So she was having sex with the cat. Wait, is that real? Yes. Seriously? Yes, in the film. Oh, it's, just like B, it's just like B movie. If you've ever seen B movie, yeah. that chick has sex with a bee. Jerry. 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 Okay. Um, also, Dalen, like, rolled his foot and is walking like an old man. It's broken. Uh, it hurts a lot. It honestly might be broken. The uh, way that he's, the way that he's walking, walk. though. I could, I was walking on it fine for, like, an hour and a half after I rolled it, and then, like, I got in the shower and it just, like, stiffed up, and I can't move it now. Nick, you gotta wrap up this review here. And that's nine lot. And then, oh, I forgot the best part. Then mobsters come and they shoot the cat eight times. But then it keeps coming back because he has nine lives. Wow. It's rated R. I mean, I watched it on. I watched it on. I watched it on Pornhub. So I I illegally downloaded it. Yeah, I think that was the right one. I'm believing. And. I believed him up until this point. That's fucked up. And that's Nine Lives. And we're back. We are back to part two of our summer movie scorecard episode, where we are going through and kind of giving our two cents on the summer movies we saw and giving uh, really unjustified opinions of the movies we didn't see. Oh, I'm I'm drinking a a Citra Hero from Revolution, and it is very good. You enjoy it. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. It is a Revolution good. this year has really like been awesome. They've released a new beer. 
like every month in oh, cans. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they've all been good. But this, I think, this is my favorite one. I think so too. Really good, yeah. And it's like the fourth of like the hero yes, brand. Yeah, and it's like out of nowhere, it's the best one. And you're like, wow, yeah. it's great. It, it took me a while, but I realized that here in Chicago, like people really only do two things, and that's eat and drink. Oh yeah, we don't even really have much sex. We just eat and drink. Like it's yeah. a lot of alcohol. Yeah, it's alcohol pretty crazy. Like that that the culture of Chicago is like we eat three hot dogs and get fucked There's tonight. There's like a brewery on every corner now and yeah. it's fun. That's right. Lots of juicy hot dog beer farts at night. It yep. is. My stomach Basically. is always hurting. Yes. When people talk about the dark underbelly of Chicago, the dark, the dark parts of Chicago, that's what they're talking about. Juicy hot dog farts. Let's jump into, we've got two movies we really want to talk about because those are the two most talked about movies of the summer. But first, um, who of us saw Finding Dory? I saw it. It was my first date with uh, my new girlfriend. That's cute. How'd she like yeah. it? Finding Dory, she did not like it. Ooh. What were the problems? Wait. Um, and I, I did not, I will say that I did not like it as much as Finding Nemo. I, and I don't think, as far as Pixar and sequels go, I didn't think it was that great. It certainly was not as bad as like a Cars 2, but it still, it wasn't, but it wasn't like a Toy Story 3 or anything like that either. It was, it was somewhere in between. It was probably more like a Toy Story 2. You know what I mean? It's kind of on the spectrum of like Up 3 and Wall-E. <laughs> <laughs> It's um Yeah, it was good. It was cool. I liked it. I thought it was very cute. Um I uh, a little too I don't think you like uh callbacky. Absolutely. You said something when I was in LA where you said just like underwater animation is always great, and I 100 percent agree with that. Like Pixar fucking nails their animation and they do a great job at yeah. underwater animation and so it's it's a movie that 100% is beautiful to look at um, but yes very callbacky um, and just overall there are just some parts where you're like yeah, kind of phoned it in, kind of like, oh, we got Ty Burrell, and, and you're like, but wh what's he doing? Like, what it was, it was very odd in some aspects, but an enjoyable movie. Yes, I liked it very much, and I'd recommend it. If someone was like, I want something light and innocent, I'd be like, Finding Dory's great. It's a great movie. Yeah. There, I did not leave the theater upset. I left the theater happy, but it wasn't like a, a, a great movie or anything like that. Speaking of leaving theaters upset, I saw Jason Bourne. That movie was um, a good example of a bad summer movie. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that makes sense. I talked to, so this is a movie that like you can talk to like just people about because everyone kind of has some familiarity with this. And at work, yeah. everyone was just, the, the conversation at work for me that lasted like 30 minutes was people just trying to figure out the names of all the movies? Like, what was this sequel called? The Born Supremacy, and The Born... Wasn't Jeremy Renner in one of them? And I was like, yes, yeah, correct, correct. It's Identity, Supremacy, Legacy. Oh. They're like, Dylan, just fuck you. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. But it just, it was like the quintessential unnecessary Edition. movie that I'm sure people still saw. I'm going to probably still go see why it. Was, Beef Matt Damon. Why yeah. was this one called Jason Bourne and not Bourne... Comma Jason, because all the movies were born blank, born wow. blank, born blank. Why wasn't this one called? Because that's what I thought. I thought I was like they missed the boat on that. Nick, that's fucking. They should have called it Blue Born it. Jason. That's amazing. I know. Born yeah. Jason. I never. I was like, what the fuck? That's genius. Because even the Jeremy Renner one was called Born something, right? Oh man, that's a really good idea. Yeah. They fucked up. What? <laughs> Dude, my dad would have shit his pants if it was called Bored Jason. What are you saying? The title implies that it's a reboot or a reimagining of the franchise, right? Because they're going to change the title scheme. Um, kind of like how Jurassic Park went to numerics. They went Jurassic Park 3, but then they come back with Jurassic World. We're going to reboot it. We're going to leave that titling scheme. We're going to do something new. And the movie starts with a really great idea, which is, hey, the government kind of fucked over Jason Bourne, but we need him. 
We need Jason Bourne. We need him on our side. And then the whole fucking movie is people chasing Jason Bourne. And they never get him, and they never catch him. There's never really a scene where I'm like, oh, no. He's always doing great. There is a surface-level understanding of how apps and technology work. There's, like, a scene where he's at what's called, like, a tech convention. And he's, like, picking up tech and, like, putting it on his phone really quickly and knows how to use it. Like, really weird. And then the movie ends. Like, right when he's like, "Ah, you know what? I'll come work with the government. Then the movie ends. And I was like, that... It was it was bad. I didn't like it. Um, uh, <laughs> and I like Matt Damon a lot. How about that movie Great Wall that he's in, where he plays a Chinese hero? Yeah, that's super. Holy shit. It's super interesting. That's like the first major like movie star Chinese film. But also, it makes no sense that Matt Damon plays a Chinese hero. It's just like this weird. I've heard nothing of this. I'll show it to you later. It's like this weird cultural moment. That is just so uncomfortable and so awkward, and it's kind of perfect. Like yeah. it's just a, me- <laughs> it's like the exact thing that's wrong with Hollywood right now. And China was like, "We're in." Yes, Sign us I, I need some of that Hollywood. We're gonna cast a white actor as a yeah. Chinese man. <laughs> it, the trailer rolled before uh, the born, J- the born comma Jason. It it ran. I saw it uh, with my brother. And my dad and I said to my brother, "This this doesn't feel okay. Like it doesn't feel okay that it's like, yeah, a bunch of Chinese people built the Great Wall of China, but also Matt Damon, <laughs> like the most like white person. The ch- the Chinese built it, but Matt Damon will protect it. And yeah. I was like, well, that seems kind of yeah. like colonialism. <laughs> yeah, super weird. I'm glad you brought that up. Did you guys see Star Trek Beyond? Am I the only one? You are the only one. Nick and I have plans to see it this week. Uh, I couldn't see it here in Chicago. We are a sentimental people, and I asked several different friends who refused to see it because it was too soon to see a movie with everyone's favorite, Anton Yelkin. Absolutely. And I would have seen it, would have remembered Mr. Yelkin, but my friends were like, "It's we can't see it. It's uh-uh. too soon. It Much really soon. is really sad. It seemed very sad. I mean, to just take a beat, it's sad, yeah. If you tear up at a at a dedication at the end of a movie, then then be, be ready, because there's one in Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Uh, oh, I imagine so. Because, I'll say this, like, Star Trek Beyond was already going to be sad because the passing of Leonard Nimoy. Right. And I was already going, okay, I'm going to watch Star Trek Beyond and I know that I'm probably going to cry knowing that this is, like, the end of Leonard Nimoy. But then when the Anton Yelchik thing happened, I was just like, oh, it's just it's just that much more. Yeah, it's difficult. It's tough. It's tough when it's, like, just that quick. Yeah. yeah. That being yeah. said, a totally fun movie. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't I'm wait. I'm jazzed. I'm excited to see it. I've enjoyed all the Star Trek films. They've just been good movies. And that the director who did all the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. he just knows how to make a fun movie. I got nothing against good that. Good action. Nonstop fun. Uh, Idris Elba plays the villain, and he's great. And unrecognizable, uh, right? Yes. So, go yeah. see it. It's great. And the girl, have you guys seen Kingsman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sophia Butella, I think is her name. Who plays the girl with the blade legs, Gazelle? Yeah. Oh, I love her. She's awesome. She she plays an ally to the um, the Enterprise in it, and she's great. Cool, cool. Nice. One of those people that'll be like an unspoken star of the summer, like plays one of the best roles of the summer, but you won't hear anything about it. Um, all right. So now let's get into the the two big movies. First one I'm going to mention. All four of us have seen. Um, it. Uh, I might get. I'll, I've already gotten shit for it, so it's cool. My, it's been my favorite movie of the summer. Um, Ghostbusters. Hey, there's no, nothing wrong with saying that, Andy. Yeah. You know, I maybe there was so much shit about it, and I talked shit beforehand. Man, me and Nick talked endlessly when Nick came and visited about Ghostbusters, and I saw it, and it was like just it, from a theater standpoint, it was such a fun time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We had a good theater, we had a good time, and I kind of went in it with that mentality where I'm like, I'm just here to laugh. And if this movie can make me laugh 
if I can enjoy it just as its own weird little thing, then I'm in and I'm happy. Right. And it it did succeed at doing that. Mm-hmm. It was all the other stuff that kind of where it stumbled, like all the franchise stuff. But exactly. Yeah. Like who cares? It was a funny. Good movie. If it, it wasn't a Ghostbusters film, it would have been absolutely without a doubt my favorite film yeah. of the year. Yeah. But because it was a Ghostbusters, there was this. There wasn't. Every once in a while in the film, you would cringe a little bit. You'd be like, "Oh, that's." The callbacks were very heavy-handed. Yeah. Very. Some and I felt at times that I it was just like, "Are we? Do we? Do we want to just keep talking about the old Ghostbusters and, guys, or are we going to try and do right. something?" Right, Andy. Here? I know. <laughs> like, I what know, are we doing here? I know that you enjoyed a few of the callbacks. Personally, I did not enjoy it. I enjoyed more of the jokes. I enjoyed the the Kate McKinnon stuff. Yeah. I enjoyed the um, Chris Hemsworth stuff. Oh um, I even enjoyed some of the Leslie Jones stuff. Um, oh no, well, I just I just mean that she, not a lot of people loved her. A lot of people did dislike her, and. Um, and I did enjoy her, but I did not enjoy anything that Melissa McCarthy or um, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig did. I did not find them enjoyable or funny. Kristen Wiig fell so flat in this movie yeah. for me. I don't know what it was. I just was not. I did not care. I love Kristen Wiig. I fucking love Kristen Wiig. And in this movie, I just was not. Even even the cameos weren't even that. Like fun for our theater, like it. Except the last one. Here's an interesting tangent, and I think yes, because I think it's an important thing to note when we're talking about like how weird it was that there was a new Ghostbusters movie and that this franchise is trying to be reborn and all that. Our theater like kind of sighed and groaned. At every single cameo, Bill Murray comes out. Eh, people whatever. were like, uh, and like D- Dan Aykroyd with the little little cab part hated. It. Like, no, no, it was silence. Bugs. Then. And then at the end, when Leslie Jones is, yeah, when she's like, my uncle, you know, is coming by and he's pissed that we messed up the car, and it's the original guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Our theater erupted in applause. They freak What's out. His name? It, Winston Zeddemore, played by Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Our theater went crazy for Ernie Hudson, as if they may have <laughs> missed all of the cameos. <laughs> I know, this is in the last five minutes. Oh, like, that is so true. Why is Bill Murray in this movie? But yeah. then when Ernie Hudson came, our theater was like, that's the most recognizable Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, yes. It was, it was funny. a really bizarre moment. I'll say that it's like it's a Chicago. It's that's a Chicago audience. That it was. Yeah. It's yeah. a Chicago audience. But we would go crazy for Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah we loved such Bill. A bad job. He was. He was. The Bill Murray part is the most disappointing part of the movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it did its it did its job. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a funny movie. I saw, I saw it. We and Zach Woods was in my theater. And he was in the first scene of the movie, and I was like, this is weird. He's a little the villain. Uh, no, he's the little uh, tour guy. He poops himself. Yeah. The oh, tour guy. Yeah. 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 It, it, that part made it feel very Ghostbumpsy to me. Goosebumps. Oh my god. I do that every time we talk about it. What is my problem? Ghostbumps. Very goosebumps. (laughs) Every time that we could just get the four of them and, like, the new cast members or any of the Hemsworth stuff, anything that was new, I was so... Right. Yeah. I loved it. Even that weird kind of of out-of-place action scene, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I love it. Yep, I agree 100%. Fair. All right. Last uh, and the absolute least. I'm not going to say certainly not least. The, The least. Uh, was a little movie that has been advertised for what feels like eight and a half years. Uh, it's called The Suicide Squad. The Squad. The Suicide Squad is perhaps the most interesting movie that uh, that we've talked about today, to me. Disagreed. Uh, <laughs> I have gone down the black hole with this one. I've read like something like 30 articles about it. I am fascinated by how a movie that has a premise that is so winnable. That is just... It's a win straight out the bat. It's villains villains together. We're going to bring them out, and we're going to show them on parade. I was like, this is a movie that a lot of people can make and make well, and I'm fascinated that it wasn't good. 
Yeah. I saw it, and there was, I audibly said, 40 minutes into it, oh, I think this might be bad. And people kind of, like, shushed me, and I was like, oh, no, just wait. Like, and it, it, it kind of devolved. It was a bizarre, bizarre movie, and I, I think I can't get enough of it. I think I might have to see it again. I, I'm going to go see it with Dalen, because I got to experience <laughs> this thing. Just by hearing my friends talk about it, I don't know what happened here. I, I watched it once, and I will not watch it again. It was basically supposed to be DC's Fast and Furious movie. It was supposed to be a ragtag group of bad guys with questionable characteristics coming together and saving the world. For the greater evil. And it was instead a two different films edited into one because half of it is funny and half of it is dark and it ends up becoming just nonsensical and it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't entertain me and it and it's super bizarre and I get angry at moments because <laughs> I'm like that doesn't make any fucking sense this isn't a real film um and and what's also upsetting is that I see a version of that movie oh, yeah. that's really good like there are there's a parallel universe where that movie is like super dark. There's also another parallel universe where that movie is super Fun. funny, and it's 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 DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that's how funny it, it could have been. But there's also a universe where it's super dark and it's super good and interesting because it's about super villains. It's about people who are evil and are dickheads. And that film could have been really good, but instead it's, they it's like Sandlot with like comic book characters. Right. Instead they. <laughs> decided to take the one film that's about super villains and they decided to just make that the film that they make about that they make fun and enjoyable and Teamwork instead and Batman and Superman are these evil dark oh, heroes yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like wait why are they the lights of the anti-hero right why aren't, a, yeah. exactly why isn't that darker why isn't the super villains film darker and and the film about the actual heroes like Superman who is literally everything good about him and should always be light and joy is a dark film. Why does that happen? And so it's a very upsetting movie to watch. Resident nerd be losing his mind. <laughs> I did. I, got, I just got really upset. And everyone's like, oh, it's because you read the comics. I'm like, no, it's because I enjoy film. Yeah. And, and it's not a good movie and it's bizarre. And honestly, I agree with Dalen. It's it's fun to watch because it's a it's a bumblefuck. It's great uh, to look at. It's very visually pleasing. Yes, there's so much going on. The way the way Nick says that it's two movie, it's really true because like the first thirty minutes are like one long music video, uh-huh. and then it's like there's a couple different types of movies in there. But even visually, it's very clear. Here's like the weird, colorful, trippy movie that David Ayer wanted to make, and here's yep. the studio was like, no. We need it to be normal enough that everyone will like it. Yeah, it's a bummer. And I, I heard you guys talk about even what they've cut from the movie in order to make it a PG-13 rather than an R. And that kind of stuff really, really hurts me because at one point, are you going to deteriorate deteriorate your movie in order to sell tickets? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you willing to do to the art of it? To sell the so tickets. It's Warner, it's, uh, it sucks. It sucks. You Warner, want to tell a good story. Warner Brothers needs to to back off a bit. Well, they here's, need to let their filmmakers do their thing. Here's why I'm so interested in this movie. Because it might just be a one-off thing and we'll all get over it. Maybe one will be good. We'll forget about this. Yeah. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that this might be the point. A trend. This might be the, the single moment in time that we can point at to be like the day... That the studios recognize that they needed to calm down. Ooh. So I was, I and it, you know, not all of this is my own idea. I'll say it right now. Like I was listening to a podcast that was talking about this. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, do you? There was a movie back in the '80s called Heaven's Gate, and it was made by Michael Cimino, who was like a, a director on a roll at that point. And the studio was like, 
this guy is great. We're going to just let him do his thing. And this movie had crazy shooting problems. It went over by like six months. The budget went over by several million dollars. And it was incomprehensible. It's, it's one of the often on the list of one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> and people point at that movie and say, that's when studios were like, whoa. We need, we need to take control down. of this. Yeah. Yeah. And someone was posturing that perhaps Suicide Squad... Is the might reverse. be the reverse point where it's like the studios are out of control. They're right. they're shitting they're on movies. All of the Warner Brothers. Them over. Warner Brothers is so worried that they aren't gonna do what Marvel's doing. They, there's so much comparing being done between DC and Marvel. Marvel needs to just do or DC needs to just do its own thing. Yeah. And Warner Brothers needs to leave them alone. And and maybe just maybe we might actually have a fun film, and I I, I hope that it happens. Instead, we got this mess. I read this really interesting letter from a disgruntled uh, former Warner Brothers employee, who was basically yelling at the CEO and Zack Snyder, and saying that people when each of these weird failures happens because yes suicide squad made a ton of money last weekend but what you're not going to read necessarily is that this weekend it had one of the greatest second week drops of all time uh it dropped by 67 percent in attendance but how much of that um, might be from like leeches like me like oh it's bad dude you gotta see this i don't even know i don't know what why it's selling so the, this girl in her letter basically said Zack Snyder doesn't make good movies, so why do you keep letting him make these movies? If this was a donut stand, and Zack Snyder kept making shitty donuts, he couldn't make a good donut, he kept making disappointing donuts, you would fire him. You wouldn't give him a promotion and give him more power and creative control. Basically, she was saying that Warner Brothers doesn't know what to do with movies, and so when they make movies that flop like Pan or like... Uh, get hard. She said people lose their jobs, you know, and, and there's these layoffs and stuff. And instead, just make good movies. Focus on making good movies. It sucks, though, because at the branding of that donut stand is Warner Brothers. And people are going to come and get those donuts no matter how shitty they are. Because yeah. they know that they're they're the mediocre donuts that they love. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's the bad part, too. And I think... This is in an era where a lot of things are going to streaming. A lot of well, there's so many different outlets to get your media that these studios are not going to know what to do. They're not going to keep their head above waters here because there's just too many other options for the audience. And the craziest thing of it all is like I, this movie was a mess to me, and I will still probably go see like Wonder oh, yeah. Woman in the first weekend. <laughs> Come on. Right, yeah, because it's, yeah, what else are you going to do? They're yeah. blockbusters. No, they keep hooking me in. Like, just recently they announced that Jeff Johns, who has written my favorite uh, run on Green Lantern ever, so much so that I got a tattoo based on his writing. They've hired him and they promoted him. Now he's, like, head of, you know, DC films and stuff like that. And and um, and I said after Man of Steel, I said I'll give him one more chance. And if it's a bad movie, I won't watch anymore. And then and then <laughs> Batman vs Superman came out, and it was an awful movie. And then I was like, well, it's a new director, new writer. I'll give the this Suicide Squad a shot. Oh. Not a good movie. But I've seen the trailer for Wonder Woman, and I know that my favorite writer Jeff Johns is is more involved. And I'm like. All right, well, I'll give this a shot. And I know that Jeff Johns is working with Ben Affleck on a Batman movie, and I'm excited about oh, that. How many sh- chances are I you going to I shouldn't be excited, but I am excited. Yeah. It's um, crazy. It's, that's how invested we are in, like, these properties and these characters. Isn't it crazy how long one Batman movie, one good Batman movie, gets that franchise? There was one really, really great one. Batman Begins is great, but The Dark Knight is a phenomenal movie. It's one of the best. And that, people forgive Batman movies now so easily. If the Joker's bad, we're like, that's okay. We have a good Joker. And if, you know, and so it's just very surprising to me that when people are like, you're fucking with my childhood, you're fucking something great, they're so quick to jump on Ghostbusters 
But with Suicide Squad, there has to be like three times more defenders going like, no, 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 you don't. It was good. It was good. Even though it's legitimately a shoddily made movie with a bad portrayal of the yeah. Joker. Dude, the Reddit thread on Suicide Squad, again, I've really gotten into seeing, like, what's going on with this film. Yeah. It's, like, all defenders of this movie. Really? People are, like, who had decided they were going to like it before it came out. Yeah, all this just shit. visually, they were like, yep, this is mine. And if you ask me, I was super excited to see it. I was like, it's got a 29% Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm going to love it. Yeah. There's, there's so many people who I say my thoughts on Suicide Squad, and then they go... Oh, it's because you probably understand things because you read the comics. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. It's legitimately a bad movie, and it's it's hard to watch, and it's not enjoyable, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And and there's these dumb, violent, like you said, like zombie scenes where like yeah. there's these like zombie I'm aliens, gonna, and it just doesn't make the, sense. The weirdest thing about it, and and it's just a plot. Is the plot might be the worst part about the movie. Like, all the character stuff is, like, cool. And like I said, the characters are cool to look at. Yeah. And, like, anytime you get into somebody's backstory, it's kind of cool. But then you keep getting brought into this, like, really dumb current plot. And it's like, oh, man, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And I, I'm telling people, like, you, you know, you should see this movie. You <laughs> should understand, like, what's going on. With movies right now, you really need to like. Everyone's at home watching Stranger Things, and they're like, "This is awesome! We don't even know who these directors are. This is yeah. so good." I'm like, "Please go to the movies and see what's happening, because God forbid movies become like inessential because they just uh, fuck them over too yeah. badly." Yeah. And like, we all just have Netflix originals, and we're like, "Yeah, this is what we're watching tonight." Because fuck me. Well, and my big thing fuck. now too is. You can only talk shit to a certain degree about a movie you haven't seen. So I've seen plenty. Listen, I mean, I haven't yeah. seen Suicide Squad yet. There's so much footage out. I feel like I've seen it. Um, so, I, I yes, I talk shit about it. But also only to a certain extent. I won't say it's a bad movie yet because I haven't seen it. You know, there are plenty of movies that have a 20 on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, I, I really fucking liked that. I thought it was great. There's so uh, many movies I like that have 20%. There's so much stuff in the trailers for Suicide Squad that isn't in the film. Which is really interesting thing to know, and I'm glad you brought that up. It is like a ton of shit in the trailers that doesn't make it into the movie. Even Jared Leto, the guy who played the Joker, has been kind of... He's barely in the movie and he doesn't even understand why. He was cut out. It's like I am an Oscar winner. <laughs> I read an article that said DC doesn't make good movies, they make good trailers. And so they just shoot really cool clips that look cool in trailers and then they don't fulfill the promises planted in a trailer. Which is the point of a trailer. You don't overshoot so you can include uh, you know, supplementary footage in a trailer. I mean, at what point does that kind of become like false advertising here? I don't even know. It's it's DC is currently being sued by fans oh, really? who expected a movie with more Joker. Oh really? wow, I like here, that. Let me say this because again. Uh, how much they promoted it with yeah. the Joker. It's honestly because sh- even I asked, I was like, at least I get to see the Joker, and Dalen's like for ten minutes. Yeah, the DC is currently being sued by fans. Because they feel like they were falsely advertised a movie about the Joker. Yeah. And the Joker's in the movie for, I think, approximately 10 or 11 minutes. Yeah. And that's a real-life lawsuit. I mean, they probably won't win, but, like, fuck, dude. Yeah, sure, sure. It's the truth. That's bonkers. Um, So, I think, as you guys could tell, our favorite movie of the summer was Suicide Squad. Um, No, but, I mean, from the the tone of this podcast, it's been a weird summer for movies, and I love it. I mean, this is a fun time of year, and now we get to head into uh, holiday movies, scary movies, and award season, which I love. It's a great time of year for movies. So, um, before we head out, let's just go around the horn. Everybody recommend something, be it a movie that we didn't talk about, or a book, or a TV show, or something. So, uh, Dalen, we'll start with you. Yeah, I have two quick ones. Um... I have a weird one. I, I like bad movies, and I like movies that kind of just go for it. And one of the summer movies I saw recently was Nerve with Dave Franco. Yes. I have been laughed at every time I say that it's all right. I mean, it's not a good movie, and the last 15 minutes are terrible, but, like, I enjoyed it. Like, have a few beers, go at 11 p.m., see this movie, 
Like, just let yourself be charmed by Dave Franco and Emma Roberts. I love them. And you'll probably have a really good time for, like, an hour and 20 minutes. I'm there. I also just watched episode one of The Get Down uh, on Netflix. It's a movie about... I mean, it's a it's a narrative story taking place the, in the Bronx in seventy like the seventies. I've heard it's very it's, New York. Yeah, it's like about the origins of hip hop um, coming out of disco, and it's really entertaining, but also like exactly the kind of story that we need right now in this world. Cool. Like we need this kind of shit. So I like it. Sweet. It, um, and it's by Baz Luhrmann, who did uh, who did Moulin Rouge and did. It, it, it is by Baz Luhrmann, who I have like I like half of his movies and hate half of them. But Nas came in on this movie, like the rapper Nas, yeah, and he had a huge say in the creative decision. So cool, it's authentic. Like it's so far, it's good. I, I definitely am open to Baz fucking this up somewhere along the line. But you know, whatever. I like it. Hopefully not. Right on, uh, Nicholas. Um, so I know that so many people have probably heard about this by now, but Mike Birbiglia's new movie, Don't Think Twice, it's an absolute wonder. It's such a fun movie. I saw a special preview for it at the Music Box, and Mike Birbiglia did a Q&A afterward, and he, he just, he continues to blow my mind. I saw... His first movie, Sleepwalk With Me, early, and now I've seen this film, too, and it's just, it's something different. It's not like Sleepwalk With Me. It's another just wonderful piece of art that Mike Birbiglia has done, and it's really a beautiful shout-out to improv and comedy and and friendship, and and it's so wonderful, and it's got wonderful actors. Jillian Jacobs does a, a wonderful job. My, my hero, my hero, uh, Chris Gethard, does such a wonderful performance that I cried twice in the film, both because of him. He's he's such a wonderful actor, and and Mike Birbiglia plays such a different character than what he did in Sleepwalk with Me. Like Sleepwalk with Me, Mike Birbiglia plays Mike Birbiglia, but in this film now his name is Miles, not yeah, Mike. So it's Miles. Different. It's Miles way Birbiglia, different. and it's it's you know what? It's miles apart from his old characters. <laughs> oh god. Uh, <laughs> And it's a really fun. It's a really fun. Um, it's a really fun movie, and I, I, I wish I want people to go see it because and I know it's getting a ton of hype. Uh, but I think that people aren't actually going to see it, and I think that people need yeah. to go see it because it's one of those films that you you need to go see. You need to support it. It needs to get all the recognition that it deserves because it's such a good film. Yes. Right on. Love it. Um, Adam Glab. Um, I was gonna plug Stranger Things, but I feel like I'm sure everyone has seen Stranger Things by now if they're listening to this. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was spooky, suspenseful, great acting. I am a big... I, I, I'll, like, will put the hammer down on a child actor if I don't like them. And I was, like, kind of skeptical at first. All of them were great. They're all... Just grade A child actors. It's just huge head, uh, careers ahead of them. I really enjoyed it. Just uh, just the style. It felt like an early Spielberg movie. I mean, it's just so it's so gorgeous to look at, and the plot all works. The way it's wrapped up at the end, it felt very goosebumpsy to yes. me. It was just it was so fun. It was so fun, and like that's what I wanted this summer. I didn't even binge it. I took my time. So yeah. I, I would definitely say Stranger Things. Check it out. Watch it in the in the dark, you know, have fun with it. Yeah. We'll not be disappointed by the ending. Oh no, not at all. And they got uh they got a season two, so we'll see what happens. Uh mine, I got this in the mail from my sister yesterday. I started reading the first few pages. It's an amazing book so uh, far. Uh, I don't know how you guys are into YouTube culture, uh, but Maddie B. Raps uh, has an autobiography out right now. It's called That's a Rap. That is a rap. And I'm gonna read it cover to cover because I mean, truly an inspiration. It, uh, he's got it all. All 13 years, right there. How many pages I mean, is this thing? It, That's uh, insane. And I'm, I'm reading it like the Bible. So uh, I'm going to keep it with a crucifix kind of as a bookmark. Like all my right, well, we'll be, we'll be waiting for that review. Honestly, I want to hear it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a review. Um, any other thoughts as far as, as uh, summer movies go? Hmm. Stay vigilant, friends. Yeah, just try and stay above I don't water. know if 
guys, you guys have heard of this uh, musical called Hamilton. Oh my god! But it's pretty good. Oh lord! All right. Well, thank you for listening to Bruby Nights podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, take care. Save me some Mike and Ike's. There it is. Okay.